Planned giving needs to be part of your fundraising campaign, and a national expert is going to help you understand how to do just that. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich from the Fundraising School. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague Phil Purcell. Phil is a national expert on planned giving and teaches that course for us at the Fundraising School. And Phil, as we teach, we often hear some apprehension about planned giving. But you not only are not apprehensive, you are enthusiastic about planned giving. What do fundraisers need to know? Well, they need to know, just as you've alluded, that it's not as complicated or scary as you might suspect. I think a lot of people think of it as that uh, math problem they had in junior high that you know was a story problem that was so hard to figure out. But the reality is that there are some techniques that are very simple. I call them easy button plan gifts mm -hmm. that really any organization can do very easily to promote and, and have good results. What would be an example of an easy button plan gift? Well, one easy is promoting the idea of including your organization in their will. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 80, 90% of all uh, deferred type plan gifts, by deferred I mean at the death of the donor, mm -hmm are by a simple will bequest. Mm -hmm. So that's simply a couple of sentences, maybe three, included in a will or a trust document. So an organization can craft three sample sentences using their attorney who may be on their board of directors or a pro bono volunteer. Uh, make sure you get your name correctly in there mm -hmm. and, and then promote it. You know, put that sample language on your website and your newsletters and, and hand it out to donors. And, um, if you do that simple thing, that would be a good, good opportunity. You know, the latest survey data from Gallup shows that fewer than half of Americans even have a will, and of those, only about 20% mention a charity in their will. So that means we have a lot of room to grow in this area. Phil, just to stay there for a moment, how do I do that? You know, do I look at the donor and say, look at a little peaked, how are you feeling? Yeah. Of course, we don't do that. Right. So how do we enter this conversation about a will as it relates to our donors? That's correct. Well, um, you know, one way to do it is to share or kind of ask them the question, you know, if I could show you a way to significantly help the future of our organization by leaving a legacy that doesn't cost you any money now, and it's very simple to do, would you be interested? Mm -hmm. And that's a hard question to say no to, you know? And so another way to approach it is uh, many other benefactors, donors, supporters of our organization have chosen this very straightforward way to leave a legacy for our benefit. It doesn't require any outlay of current dollars, uh, but it can leave an amazing gift down the road. Uh, would you be interested in hearing more about this technique? And then that, Either one of those or both of them can be a good segue to a conversation about a simple will bequest. And of course, bring with you sample bequest language to actually show them uh, how minimal it is and how easy it might be for their lawyer to do. And Phil, how is this process aided by the fact that when we talk about planned giving, we're not talking to strangers, right? Almost always we're talking to people who are longtime donors of the organization. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And it's a very important point. You know, a lot of people who attend our planned giving courses think that. Well, I've got to ferret out the wealthiest people, yeah. you know, because estate planning is only for the wealthy. And that's just not true. Everybody can have a will, uh, include it, and, uh, and, and should, in fact, do it. And uh, of your donor pool, those longtime loyal annual givers, even at relatively small donor amounts, uh, can be those who leave you magnificent bequests. Again, it's not costing them any current dollars. So the key is loyalty. So the longer 
over time that they've given uh, and consistent, that's a good thing. In the chapter in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, our textbook from the Fundraising School, and we use those materials in the Fundraising School's executive education courses, Phil wrote the chapter on planned giving, and you talk about that if we're not including planned giving, even things as simple as the will when we're talking to our donors, we're leaving money on the table. This is a substantial opportunity for fundraisers. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's easy for uh, chief executive officers, boards of directors, to be very concerned about the current budget. Mm -hmm. We totally get that. But it's kind of like investing in the stock market. When is the time to have done that? Well, it would have been 20 years ago. Right. And you'd be reaping the benefits of it now. What well, does that mean then that you always put off investing in the stock market? Well, of course not. Uh, our organizations have perpetual lifespans. I mean, they're meant to be here forever, ideally. Now, some, maybe not so much because of their mission. But the point is that simply including these prompts can lead to plan gift activity. And sadly, these benefactors do pass. I mean, uh, it's often thought that, well, but that's 20 years from now revenue. Well, no. Uh, I've worked with many donors to set up a planned gift, and sadly, they passed away relatively recent. Mm. And uh, you don't come at it from that point of view, right. but that's the reality of this. So uh, the more you do, the more you plan, the more of these gifts you have, the, you increase your likelihood of some coming out sooner rather than later. So there is this important message if we're the fundraiser reporting up to the CEO or the CEO reporting up to the board, folks understandably are interested in the annual fund and they're going to wonder why are we talking about money that could come many years down the line. You do need to walk and chew gum at the same time. We need to be working on the annual fund while we're working on planned giving if we're a nonprofit without a separate planned giving department. Exactly. So few charities nationally uh, have the ability to staff plan giving in and of itself. Larger organizations do, of course. Uh, that doesn't mean, as you indicate, that you can't include plan giving in your work plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have uh, some marketing activities, uh, put what I call the magic box, a checkbox, mm -hmm. on your uh, reply card for your annual fund or on your website. Have click here to learn more. Uh, you can have this sample bequest language. Uh, you can mention it to your boards of directors. Uh, and you could have a simple plan giving recognition society, you know, with a luncheon or a coffee or tea. And you might say, well, how big will that group get? And it'll always be a relatively small number because plan gift donors tend to be small in number overall relative to your total donor base, but the average gift size is large. So you, you measure success not so much by the number of people involved. And I encourage uh, small organizations to consider if you don't have such a recognition society to start one and tell those initial uh, signers uppers that they'll be uh, known as uh, legacy members mm -hmm. or uh, initial founders of the society with a special kind of asterisk or something to indicate that. And go to your low-hanging fruit, your boards of directors, your long longest loyal donors, and see if they be a part of this being charter members to such a society. It's a great way to kick it off. And to go back to one of your earlier responses, this continuation language is very influential, that we're helping the donor understand how they can continue to be engaged with our organization and our organization's impact even when they are no longer with us in this world. Well, that's correct. You know, uh, many people begin to realize that my annual giving has been very important to this organization, but when I'm gone, there goes my annual gift. Well, this is a way to perpetuate, uh, at least one way, 
to uh, replace your annual gift support with a major, uh, larger gift. And we hear over the next three decades, trillions of dollars available in terms of wealth transfer. And as you mentioned, a lot of times for a donor, this might be one of their larger gifts. But as fundraisers, uh, can a planned gift be at any amount, or are we looking for a certain minimum? Right. I, I would be open on this. I, the way I would suggest one craft sample bequest language is to encourage your donors to think about it as a percentage of their estate mm -hmm. rather than a specific dollar amount. Okay. So you've got to be open to what that might bring, but the reality is most people who estate plan uh, have an education, they tend to accumulate wealth better, they're wiser with their assets, and those asset values go up over time. So if you state it as a percentage, uh, as their estate value goes up, so might your share of the estate. So I would keep it open-ended, not have a minimum dollar requirement, and, uh, and you'll reap probably better rewards that way. And if somebody leaves me a planned gift of $2,000 or $4,000, I receive that gratefully. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, you'll get smaller ones, you'll get bigger ones, uh, but the point is you're uh, promoting a technique and an idea that will open the door for maximizing the philanthropy from your many donors. And while we hear that story of the one person who wasn't a donor who leaves a planned gift, we hear that story because that's exceptional, that's rare. You're almost always working with your existing donors and you can see both the wisdom and the wit of Phil Purcell. He demystifies what can be a complicated subject for most of us, which is planned giving and all these IRS regulations and rules. But there are also plenty of easy buttons. There's the will and several others that Phil has touched on today. And if you want to know more, you can apply to one of our our courses. We offer this planned giving course around the United States. Uh, Phil teaches many of those for us to help you get a handle on how planned giving can be part and parcel of your overall fundraising plan. Information on our courses is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You're also going to find our quarterly webinars as well as information about these podcasts, all of which are archived on that website. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.